Hello, my friend. This is Clyde. Choose God. I've heard about evolution, that the universe is billions of years old. You probably know more than I do because I have never studied the thing in depth. But a few years ago, I had the privilege of going to a science museum in Texas. I was in awe at what was on display. The wisdom of man, the skill of human being, the creativity of men and women like you and me. That visit was probably my most significant introduction to evolution. I saw the evolution of human life on display, how over time life evolved from the tiniest of something into creatures and from some ugly, totally unattractive creatures, humans came. It was convincing to a point, but I was disappointed that evolution, which brought humans into the picture, has shut down since humans appeared. I was disappointed that evolution did not continue so that humans, as we are, could evolve further into something else. Instead, the process stopped with humans, and since then, humans have behaved in a way that they are trying to explain our existence, our origin, and our future. Oh, and one other disappointment. They did not say anything about God. They completely left God out of the story, for it is a lovely story that they went to great lengths to reproduce and present as authentic. After all, if you're going to present an argument, then you ought to entertain the alternative. So with your permission, let me bring God into the picture and put things into perspective. Who is God? I will start from the place of saying that experts tell us that there are many gods, that God is not singular, but that humans have come up with the idea that there are other gods. And how are these other gods represented, and how did they come about? I don't know all the answers, but here is something to think about. If there are other gods, as you say they are, and if you worship those other gods, and you want me to respect your god, then let me hear your response to the following. With whom then will you compare God? To what image will you liken him? As for an idol, a metal worker casts it, and a goldsmith overlays it with gold and fashions silver chains for it. A person too poor to present such an offering selects wood that will not rot. They look for a skilled worker to set up an idol that will not topple. Isaiah 40 verses 18 to 20. I am not fighting you, but there is a weakness in your claim because you have created your God. The God that you have brought to the table to compare with the one true God has come out of your imagination, created by your own hands, is portrayed as having power, but is utterly lifeless, a futile figment of your overworking imagination. My problem with your argument is that you build statues and idols and you deify this idea that started with you and you dare to call that God. Let me illustrate. You know the nation of Israel, that little country that is currently engaged in a vicious war. Israel has had a rich history and in one point of their history, there was a sorry practice that is called idolatry. I speak of the era when a heathen queen from another country was married to a Jewish king named Ahab. 
This queen, named Jezebel, brought to the kingdom of Israel her god, called Baal. A whole culture and practice around Baal came with her. Well, you know that when you're a monarch, you have power, and so it did not take long before the diabolical practice of worshipping Baal had overrun the nation. Meanwhile, the god of this nation was ignored. Bear in mind that God had always said to his people, you shall have no other gods before me. Don't waste your time. Do not disrespect me. Do not introduce any other god into your life, into the nation. Their God, therefore, sent a famine to speak to them that he was disappointed in them, but they ignored God and his famine. Well, it was time to settle the matter once and for all, and a crazy prophet named Elijah called for a day of reckoning to settle the issue. The showdown was on Mount Carmel, one of the highest hills in the nation of Israel. Elijah stated confidently that at the end of the day, there would be one answer to the million-dollar question, who is God? The 450 prophets of Baal were given first strike. The task? Call on Baal to rain down fire from the sky on an altar with the corpse of a bull. They confidently took on the challenge and minutes turned to hours and nothing happened. Their pious prayers turned into a frenzy as they desperately pleaded with Baal to show off his God power. Six hours later, Elijah said, My turn. Same thing, except Elijah not only put a carcass of a bull on the altar, but he poured gallons and gallons and gallons of water on the altar that was to be consumed by fire. And then he prayed. The result? God rained down fire in an instant from heaven and destroyed the bull and dried up the water. The outcome of the story? There is no other God. Period. You see? I want to bring this home to you. God has been around for a long time. There is a word that tells you about the singularity and the magnanimity of God. It is everlasting. In Isaiah 40 verse 28 we read, Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the end of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. Hint, God is everlasting. Let's go on. Psalm 90 verse 1 says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place through all generations. Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the whole world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Do you get it? God is everlasting and God has been around from everlasting and will be here into 
everlasting. It means that time as we know it came into existence after God. And when time ends, and you surely know that it will, God will still be here. It matters not whether you believe the fantasy story of evolution, or it does matter, or whether you accept the biblical account of creation. God has been, God is, and God will always be. He has no beginning and he has no end. Here is why you, my friend, should serve God. He is the one true God. He is God all by himself without the assistance of human intellectual creation. As smart as we are, we cannot explain God and we cannot explain God away. For the foolishness of God is wiser than wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. When I tell you about God, I am making one irrefutable, indisputable argument. You cannot live without God, and you dare not leave this earth without him.